Hey, listeners, if you are thinking about divorce and concerned about your children, please go to my online parenting plan course. It will help you plan how you're going to parent through divorce and beyond. And I promise you, it will keep conflicts from erupting in the future while keeping you centered on your children. Check it out at lisakoski.com. I think that the most important thing if you're contemplating divorce is to make sure that you do understand your options for a legal process, collaborative divorce, mediation, litigation, what they are and what they aren't. And then also understand what divorce professionals you can have on your team to best support you. Every family is different. So what you need might be different than what your friend or your neighbor or your sister needed. And so understanding all the various roles will be really important for you to be able to have the support you need to get through the process. Welcome to Doing Divorce Different. Join family law attorney turned mediator, Lisa Kosky, for candid conversations on how to alleviate the fear of divorce and how to heal through empowerment. Now your host, Lisa Kosky. Welcome listeners. I have a treat for you today. I have Rosemary Ferrante. Did I say that right, Rosemary? Yeah. <laughs> I was a little nervous about that. <laughs> you got it. Oh, good. Well, I, I know you're going to love our conversation today because she's a new friend and I want to get more information about her authentic story. But what we're really going to be talking about, she's a big proponent of mediation and collaborative law. In fact, I believe she's the founder of Divorce Resource Connecticut and the VP of Connecticut Council for Non-Adversarial Divorce. So she's kind of a big deal and she knows a lot. She's practiced family law as well. So we're going to get into why you think maybe the non-adversarial route is better, who it can work for, maybe who it can't. So we're going to just talk about that. We're just going to have a great, authentic conversation. Rosemary, I'm so thankful that you are here, that you took the time to be here with my listeners, and I'm grateful for you. And if you wouldn't mind just sharing what led you to do the work that you're doing. Sure. Hi, Lisa. Thank you so much for having me. So as you mentioned, I've been practicing exclusively family law for over 25 years. And when I was a baby lawyer... (laughs) I was hired by a New York litigator, a well-known, a well-known litigator, and I started practicing family law, high conflict litigation on Long Island. A couple of years later, I moved to a practice in Lower Fairfield County in Connecticut doing the same thing. And I have to say it really never worked for me. It just didn't Mm -hmm. work my personality and my belief system. And what I learned through practicing litigating high conflict divorces is that really the court system is, in my opinion, not meant for families. And in going through this process, I learned that the system really just emphasizes the adversarial nature because you know, as lawyers, we're, lear- we're taught to zealously represent our clients. And when two people who are divorcing run to the lawyer's o- office, The lawyers file papers, serve each other, start filing motions and preparing for trial. And when you're talking about families and people who need to still communicate, particularly if there are children, 
I quickly learned that it's better to keep these processes outside of the court system. So in a long story short is around the time that my own marriage was failing, I started pivoting my practice to non-adversarial divorce. And so it's interesting because then on a personal level, I realized a lot that I didn't see as a professional, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And it really, really solidified my strong belief that we should normalize ending relationships, not all relationships, not all marriages are meant to be forever. That's okay. But divorce doesn't need to be destructive. We can help families transition through the divorce process in a healthy manner. It's possible. I do it every day. I love what I do. And I love educating people about their options. I agree with everything you're saying. And I love that I met you because that is what I want the world to know. We don't have to. We can do this differently. We don't have to do it like we've seen it done in the past. And, you know, you brought up attorneys and I'm an attorney. So, of course, I love attorneys. However, like you, this fits me better to help people work together. And I agree with you on families. And there are a lot of times when I work closely with attorneys because I can't give that legal advice. And what you have to be real careful of is that it's an attorney that understands that they're working together because sometimes it can blow up. They're there because they want to represent you and fight and get you everything. That's not always what people want. People want to work together compromise, do a plan for their kids. So I love that you made that switch. I just have to ask, was your divorce a tough one or were you able to do it rather smoothly? So this, I will share this because seeing, you know, understanding the emotional piece of divorce, we can't separate that from the financial and legal decisions. And one of the things we're going to talk about is support in all three areas, because Frankly, the emotional prep work and the financial prep work is so important for having a smooth legal process. And so I understood the law and I understood the financial decisions we'd have to make, but that emotional stuff can mess you up. And that's what happens. And so there was a moment where I, you know, was very angry and it's very tempting to jump into that pool of, you know, anger Mm -hmm. and think about hiring the toughest litigator. And then you think, to what end? Who is that going to serve? It's not going to end up in any different result. All it's going to do is hurt me emotionally, but most importantly, affect my children. And how could I hate this person who gave me the biggest gift of my life, my children? So, you know, people say it all the time. We divorce professionals say it all the time. You've got to love your kids more than you dislike your soon-to-be former spouse. And putting the kids really at the forefront of your decisions is paramount. It's not easy. You know, emotions, it's a really difficult transition to unravel a spousal relationship and build an effective co-parenting relationship. These are not easy tasks, even in the best circumstances, in the best mediations, in the best collaborative divorce, there's still, these are difficult conversations, Mm -hmm. difficult decisions. So that emotional support is really paramount. So to answer your question in a very long way, you know, we did it well. We did it in a non-adversarial manner. We did it together. We made decisions. And even through that, I still learned co-parenting is a process. It doesn't just happen automatically. You have to work at work at that and work at being effective co-parents. Yeah, agree, agree. That kind of that business partnership. I've been talking to a lot of experts about, I mean, it's more, you know, it's your new 
relationship is co-parents. Yeah. No, not married anymore, but co-parents. Okay. I have to ask you one question before we get into the three things you mentioned. Is there ever a time that you think that mediation doesn't work? Yes, I do. And so, you know, mediation and collaborative divorce for that matter are both voluntary processes. Both spouses need to be participating in good faith. They need to be participating voluntarily. They need to be able to proceed with a level of compassion and respect. And so there are times when, you know, I might suggest, or in my professional opinion, I might think collaborative makes more sense than mediation. Mm -hmm. But in one instance, mediation is typically not going to work. And that's in coercive control, domestic violence, intimate partner violence, you know, in those situations, there's not going to be a participation in good faith. Unfortunately, those are those situations that are potentially served by collaborative, but may only be served in a litigation. I agree. I totally agree. So I appreciate you bringing that up. I just want people to be aware of that. You do have to have two willing participants and you both have to have a voice. So now that we've, you know, kind of cleared that up, you talked about three areas I wrote down. I take notes as I do this because I become better. But you said there's the emotional prep work, which I really want to talk about. The financial prep work, which, you know, we could talk about a little bit too. And then you said a third thing and I didn't write it down. What was the third? The third is just the legal piece, you know, and the legal piece. Okay. I find that people often jump to the legal and they run to the lawyer's office. And while, you know, it's important to get information and advice, that emotional prep work to me is, is so paramount. So can you tell me a little bit about that emotional prep work and how you, how does that work in your, when you're in your collaborative law practice or a mediation practice? Sure. So initially when, when spouses are contemplating divorce and thinking about their three processes, their three legal processes, litigation, collaborative, or mediation, Mm -hmm. understanding what those mean and what's going to serve their family best is important. And is a team decision, really, in terms of both spouses. But individually, each spouse really needs to do some emotional prep work to be able to proceed, if you're looking to proceed in a non-adversarial manner with compassion and respect. And so there's different different things that I think a lot of people don't know about that are possible. I'm putting aside marriage counseling and things like Mm -hmm. that. You're both at the place where you're ready to proceed with a divorce. You know, it's very often typical that one spouse is a few steps ahead of the other. And that's okay. You can manage that, but you certainly don't want to drag someone or be dragged through the process. That is potentially a recipe for disaster. So I do like to talk to people about specific emotional support, whether it's through divorce coaches, whether it's through discernment counseling, which is specifically Mm -hmm. for couples who are mixed agenda. One spouse is leaning into the marriage still and one has their foot out the door. I will let the mental health professionals really go into a detail <laughs> what discernment counseling is. But I will say that when I have couples who do go through discernment counseling, sometimes I never see them again. And I like to think that they stayed married and worked on it. Those who do proceed with mediation and or collaborative are by far the smoothest mediations and collaboratives because they understand why their marriage is where it is. They both take ownership for what they did to, you know, get to that place. 
And they're able to really proceed with clarity and understanding of, you know, we're here and now we are going to proceed this way. And and it's really, I think, an important underutilized counseling that is really important for people to know even exists. And I think mm-hmm. people still don't. Do you feel that? Do you think? Many I do. And in fact, I, I like that you're bringing this up. I have a therapist, Brian Burns, who's been on this podcast numerous times. He is in the town that I live in and he is part of the collaborative law group and he does discernment counseling. And I am going to totally agree with you. I have the greatest clients and most of them are people who have done the work. They are ready. They've worked on themselves. And I heard somebody say, I wish I could remember who it was, how you end something is how you begin the next. So why don't you end it the right way so that you can begin your new life. You know, I just keep thinking of that, how you're ending your divorce is going to affect your new beginnings. And so if you can do it in a non-adversarial way, and like you said, you can't, if it's not voluntary, you can just take care of you. And I think too, I think that discernment counseling is amazing. And I think that when you work on yourself, whatever it is, I had one client that did Tony Robbins and was just on fire and felt good about things. Mm -hmm. And that was good. I have a business coach and I've learned a little bit of life coaching. And sometimes, well, most of the time I do a little coaching as we go through because it's hard. It is emotional and you have to deal with that. You know, you do have to deal with those emotions. So, you know, and and I, I like what you said, and it made me think of another sort of saying that people say, you know, you really get to know somebody through the challenges, right? Yeah. So it's when you're faced with these challenges that your character really shows. Mm -hmm. And what I think is important is what are you showing your kids? You know, because when I was talking about that pool of anger, that was a little bit tempting for me. I thought about how do I want my kids to remember this time in their life? You know, and do they, and of course it's okay for them to see mom sad or, or dad sad. Some emotions are part of learning and growing. But I certainly wouldn't want them to have seen their parents go toe to toe over things that really ultimately don't matter. You know, and when you're going through this process of mediation or collaborative, what you're doing in terms of your final agreement is setting up your blueprint for your post divorce life. And so that analysis you were talking about, that understanding of yourself is so important because hopefully, what, what both spouses want is to set everybody up for as best of post-divorce life as possible, kids especially. Right. And you know, what I've heard from all the experts is the kids are not going to remember who they st- spent a vacation with. They're going to remember the fight around it. They're not going to remember what you fought about. That's not important. They're going to remember seeing you fight. So if you can keep that in mind, and I know it's hard, you know, it's it's really hard, Rosemary. I have some, I've had some people reach out to me where they want to parent and work together and the other parent doesn't. And that's really hard. You know, that's a little bit of a different situation where we do what you kind of call parallel parenting and you kind of stay in your lane. But if the two of you can work together, that is going to be the best thing for your kids. You know, and, and something important on that, again, another role of professionals that some people don't know about are co-parenting counselors. Mm-hmm. And so when I'm meeting with people in a mediation early on, 
And I see that there might be really challenging co-parenting discussions, different parenting styles. And that's okay, by the way, right? Because Mm -hmm. it's good for our children to learn how to deal with different personalities, right? And so that's, that's a healthy thing and allowing each parent the opportunity to parent separate from you outside of you yes. why is important too but yep. parenting counselors i have found are really helpful for many couples who are facing difficulties with again that transition to effective co-parenting mm-hmm. communication and that like kind of letting go and not micromanaging everyone and <laughs> setting up a boundary so that you're not being micromanaged as exactly. well okay so we kind of talked about the emotional Do you want to talk a little bit about financial? Sure. You know, I think that when it comes to financial, what most people should think about when they're contemplating, again, what process they want or who they want on their team is how familiar are they with the family finances? You know, very typically one spouse, the roles of the family are defined and one spouse does the bills and that's okay. The other spouse can get up to speed on all of that. That's one thing, but it's another if there's a real lack of understanding of the finances, a real lack of understanding of budget, what it takes to support a household, you know, what that pension means. And so there are financial professionals who are well-versed in the divorce process and are there to assist, and they can work with a family in a mediation or in a collaborative, and that's a certified divorce financial analyst. And they're wonderful professionals who really can be utilized on the team when either spouse feels that desire or that need to understand. And also they can be used as a neutral as well. So they don't have to necessarily work with one spouse. It could be a neutral and a collaborative divorce. I'm glad that you brought that up. I've had a lot of wonderful financial advisors on talking about this. And I like how you brought up the team because I don't know if I said this at the beginning, but there is a team involved in your divorce. And we I've said it in past podcasts, but you you need your coaches, your therapists. I mean, a divorce coach, you get afraid that you're going to spend extra money mm-hmm. on the coach, but you're actually going to say save money because you're going to know what you're doing. You're going to be better prepared. The same with the financial. The, is it a certified divorce financial analyst? Is that what it's called? Yep. And I have connections with those people as well, but they are so helpful. You mm-hmm. spend a little bit of money and they help you see, but yes, just become aware of your finances, understand your budget. That is when I do a consultation, that is my advice to my people that are starting to think about this process to make sure that they're comfortable with that and call someone in as needed. Okay. So we've talked about two. Now let's talk a little bit about the legal, the legal piece. So do you want to talk about an overview of mediation and collab, how they're the same, how they're different? Yes. I mean, so it's a piece of your, so there's three pieces to this divorce. You said emotional, financial, and legal. So the legal piece is really another part of the team, right? And so with me, I can't give any legal advice, but I can give my clients legal information so that they can understand it's getting, I think, but you tell me, I think it's getting, becoming aware, doing a little homework. What is the law on spousal maintenance in your state? How do they divide property or get someone that can help you? Now you say what you were going to say. So if you're working with a mediator, who's an attorney like Lisa and like myself, 
we have our mediator hat on. It's a different job than representing you. And so we cannot give specific legal advice, but our job as mediators is to make sure people are making decisions, educated decisions after they have all the information and resources. So we can absolutely share information about judicial norms. What is spousal? What is child support? Can you deviate from it? And that obviously differs state to state. Within the mediation process, though, while both spouses are working with one mediator, though other team members, and we talked about maybe you have a certified divorce financial analyst, maybe there's a co-parenting counselor, but we always encourage both spouses to have review counsel, independent attorneys, right? And so what people sometimes say is, well, we wanted to stay out of that. We don't want to hire lawyers. Lawyers are going going to, you know, ruin everything, whatever we hear. Mm -hmm. What is really important to understand is the role of review counsel is such that they support the mediation process. And each spouse may have a different need. One spouse may feel they need to talk to their review counsel before or after every mediation session, break things down. And that's okay. Some spouses feel that they don't need to really involve review counsel unless there's a really specific need during the process. But what I tell people in mediation is, again, even in the best of circumstances, these are difficult concepts. And when you're building your plan, every piece that you're talking about will impact the other, right? And so Mm -hmm. support may impact where you can live, what you can do with on the house. Can you afford the house? And so the conversations, even again, in the best of circumstances, when we're taking these issues in bite-sized pieces mm-hmm. can get overwhelming. And so it's nice to have someone outside of the mediation who can break down the conversations with you and offer different scenarios to bring back to mediation. And it's a really, you know, it's again, the role is important because it's a part of the team to help you have the information you need to make good decisions. Yep, it adds a lot of value and I always recommend it. So you called it review council. We kind of, well, the people that I'm hanging around over here in Minnesota, we call it representing on a limited scope. Okay. So we kind of, we do everything and people have a choice. They don't have to, but most people do. It's, you're still saving a lot of money. You're paying for a little bit of time to get another set of eyes on the paperwork. You know, a lot of times they'll have one of the attorneys file for them. So, I mean, that's a benefit too. So yeah, I think there's a lot of value in that, on that advice piece on, I think people just feel relieved to know that someone else, and it is important that it's a collaborative law attorney or an attorney who understands that they have worked together and maybe agreed on something that doesn't look fair to everyone, but to that couple, they've designed this how they want it. And it does seem fair to them. And I like that you brought that up because, you know, judicial norms and what a court potentially might do is only one piece of the equation. The other piece is just what each spouse feels is fair given their knowledge about their family. Yep. I like that. Dear listeners, if you want to help your children succeed through a divorce and learn how to co-parent well, please join me on November 9th at 10 a.m. Central Time. You can click on my lisakoski.com, go to my online courses and check out my free co-parenting masterclass. We are going to go through what your kids go through during divorce 
how to tell your children you're getting divorced, and how to co-parent well, even with a difficult co-parent. As an added bonus, Tammy Wallensack is going to join us to talk about what to do with the family home. Please join us. It's free, and I want to help you help your children survive through divorce and beyond. Okay, I can't even believe this. I lost track of time. We are getting towards the end, and this is where I have my saddle up segment where I ask my guests for one little piece of advice, a tidbit of information that my listeners can use right now, moving forward today. You've given us so much great information. But Rosemary, what would you say in you know parting with our audience? So I think that the most important thing if you're contemplating divorce is to make sure that you do understand your options for a legal process, collaborative divorce, mediation, litigation, what they are and what they aren't, and then also understand what divorce professionals you can have on your team to best support you. Every family is different. So what you need might be different than what your friend or your neighbor or your sister needed. And so understanding all the various roles will be really important for you to be able to have the support you need to get through the process. Great advice. And if my listeners are out in Connecticut and they want to reach out to you, how can they find you? We'll have it all in the show notes, but what's a good way to reach you? Thank you. So my website is divorcemediationct.com. I'm also on Instagram at divorcemediationct. My Facebook is also (laughs) same thing, divorcemediationct. And again, my name is Rosemary Ferrante. Thank you so much, Lisa. Oh, and thank you so much for being here. You take care. You too. Divorce is hard, but a high conflict divorce, it's overwhelming. It involves battling not just emotional tolls, but endless court dates, hidden finances, and toxic personalities. This is your call to action. Don't miss the ultimate high conflict divorce summit from November 13 to 17, 2023. Our summit brings together an unparalleled lineup of experts featuring leading psychologists who demystify high conflict personalities, top financial advisors revealing strategies to uncover hidden assets, esteemed legal minds to guide you toward a favorable settlement, and renowned child experts who will arm you with the tools and tactics needed to fight effectively for custody. Act now and register for free to unlock an exclusive bounty of gifts from all 20 experts, yours just for signing up. Take back control. Visit journeybeyonddivorce.com backslash summit 2023. Register now and reclaim your future. Thank you for listening to the Doing Divorce Different podcast. Connect with us at lisakoski.com and sign up for our newsletter.